What up, what up, what up, folks? What's going on? Welcome to episode 61 of the Spun Today podcast. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz. Thank you very much for listening. In this episode, I speak about watching a bunch of stuff. No wonder why I don't get as much writing as I want done. Burt Kreischer's stand-up comedy special, The Machine, which aired on Showtime. Michael Chade's stand-up comedy special, Michael Che Matters, which aired on Netflix. Uh, Donald Glover's new TV show on FX, uh, Atlanta. Atlanta or ATL? One of the two. Um, I think Atlanta. This season of Tough. Tough stands for TUF, uh, The Ultimate Fighter. Reading The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. And finally, listening to the Story Grid podcast. So if any of those things are of interest to you, please stick around and listen to the podcast. That's why I record these things. I record so you can listen. And in doing so, share some cool shit with you guys and hopefully useful things with you guys. Alrighty, so a couple comedy specials that I saw since uh, the last recording, uh, which were uh, Burt Kreischer's special, which was hilarious, uh, aired on Showtime, and I recommend you guys check that out if you can. Uh, Burt Kreischer, I'm always going to, I try to be objective, uh, or I think I'm being objective anyway, but I mean, everybody has their biases, right? Um, Burt Kreischer comes out of, uh, the Rogan camp, and I always, I, like, I always, like, root for those guys from that camp, because, you know, I, like, since I got into podcasting and stuff like that, a lot of guys like Duncan Trussell, Joy Diaz, Ari Shafir, uh, Burt Kreischer, and, uh, a slew of others, I got to know because of the Joe Rogan podcast, and I got to know before, uh, before they became as popular as they've become, um, and if you don't know about them, um, maybe you're not, you know, that deep into it, but they, they've, uh, gained a lot of popularity just by like being affiliated with, with Rogan and his podcast, you know, being that Rogan's podcast gets like, I think it's like 12 to 15 million downloads a month or something like that now. And it's like some like next level shit. If like you get on there, like it literally like changes people's lives. Um, as some like return guests have said and, and, you know, shoots them off into like a different direction in their careers. And, um, you know, they get to highlight certain, certain issues and, and they see the direct impact of like being on the show. So, um, comics like, like these that, uh, Joe took under his wing, you know, taken on the road with them, uh, to work, uh, as uh, opening acts for him when he does his comedy and stuff like that, um, and have then, you know, gone on to some of them, uh, start their own podcasts and, and become, you know, popular within like their own, right. The Tom Segura's, uh, Christina Pajitsky, Amy Schumer too, before she blew, blew up. Um, anyway, the, uh, so I always have like a, a slight bias towards all these dudes. Cause you know, it's kind of like that, that, Oh, I knew, I knew he was cool before everybody else knew he was cool type of thing. Um, so, you know, take whatever I say with a grain of salt, but I think they're, um, all of them are hilarious. And, um, uh, Bert's no exception. Uh, he has his podcast, the Bertcast, uh, which you guys should check out. He does some, um, pretty cool and open interviews. And one of which actually is, I think it was featured in this past week's Midday Monday Boost Letter, um, which was a his two hundredth episode, and it was with Tom Segura and uh, Bill Burr, uh, them three, uh, just shooting the shit, and it was a, a dope episode. Like they got into you know a lot of different like topics and stuff like that. And you would have known about it had you been signed up to my my weekly newsletter, the Midday Monday Boost Letter, found at sponsor.com forward slash subscribe. Anyway, um, Bert's, Bert, oh, uh, interesting, interesting story about Bert. He is, 
the they wrote a Rolling Stone. I think it was Rolling Stone. Pretty sure, pretty positive. It was a Rolling Stone article about him when he was in car in college, about being the the uh, the biggest party dude on campus or something like that in Florida State uh, University, and he was uh, in college for like six or seven years. And that article became um, the inspiration or like what what spawned uh, National Lampoon's uh, Van Wilder movie, which was a really popular uh, movie. If you guys hadn't seen it, my wife hadn't seen it. We actually uh, rewatched it the other day. It's hilarious. Uh, so check it out. And um, anyway, that movie was based on, you know, Burt. And, um, or loosely based, you know, it's not like a comic or anything like that, but just like the whole party animal, fucking life of the party in college forever, uh, type of story. He's, uh, he's a family guy. He has two little girls. Um, he's married. So a lot of his comedy has to do like with a lot of comedians, it's like what they're around, you know what I mean? Which is, I think, um, something I'm, um, I'm like drawn to with comedy is that they, they there's like. It's rooted in realism. Obviously, things are are exaggerated for comedic effect and and stuff like that. But it's rooted in realism, kind of like um, you know certain hip hop artists and and I guess you know a lot of musicians. Like you draw from your surroundings, from your from you know write what you know. You know a lot of writers and stuff that that I'm drawn to also write what you know. And it's like that type of um realism i think that people are drawn to um so it's a lot of that like family oriented you know uh, raising children type of thing in it which is funny um as well as uh his iconic machine story which is which um again was a tip from rogan a story that bert told on the on the podcast that rogan told him that he has to turn that shit into a bit because it was um uh a crazy story which I'll actually link to, in the episode notes, the when he originally told the story on Rogan's podcast, somebody took the story. It's like probably like a ten minute story, and um, like animated it. They created some like South Park looking animation to it, um, and it goes perfectly. I'm gonna try to find that and link to it in the episode notes so you guys could check it out. Uh, anyway, that became his like biggest closing bit ever. Um, people like yell it out at all his shows, like say the machine story, say the machine story. And, you know, everybody's heard it a bunch of times and still wants to hear it again. And, um, that's on the special. Uh, what else? Um, another story of his, which is not without controversy is, uh, Tracy Morgan story, um, that he has told on stage or that he tells on stage. Um, that's also, uh, you can find like clips of that online as well. That's a story that as of late, the, I guess the latest quote unquote, like update about that is, um, it's a story that, that was also told by the same story, which was also told by, um, Jay Moore, uh, like the comic actor guy. And then a few other comics, uh, uh, as well, it turns out we're like saying the same story. And one night, uh, this is according to Bird, so everybody, you know, again, take it with a grain of salt. Um, but it's like this elaborate story of uh, a time that he was at a comedy club and, and wound up hanging out with Tracy Morgan. And and they all go out because they, like, Bird was hanging out with uh, um, a few other comics that were hanging out with, with Tracy. And, you know, he got thrown into the mix, but he was like a, you know, like a starting out comic. Like he was uh, like in the first few years of, of comedy. Uh, it's like this whole elaborate story, right? Uh, but it's funny as shit. And supposedly, like, Jay Moore approached him about it, and he told, like, Bert gave him permission, yeah, you could tell that story or whatever, and then people started thinking it was Jay Moore's story, and that Bert was, like, stealing from him, and, like, vice versa. Um, and what else? Like, one of the other comics that were there that night, uh, Tony Woods, uh, recently, like, yelled out when uh, Bert was on stage somewhere. Uh, I think in Atlanta, actually. And he was like, tell tell the Tracy Morgan story. And he was like, who's that? Uh, out there or whatever. And he called him on stage, and Bert was like, you know what? I'm going to tell the story uh, as I remember it. And you tell your version of the story, because he was there also. And 
uh, the way it went, according to Bert, was that most of the details, the way that Bert remembered it, Tony was like, it didn't happen like that. It happened like this. So he had like his version of the same story, but they had the same story. And both, you know, confirmed that the other was there, etc. The only thing that was was the same about their stories is the fact that that um uh, the way it ended, which I'm not I'm gonna gonna give that away. I want you guys to check it out and listen to it because regardless of what it is, a funny story in and of itself. Then uh, Tony Woods called Bert like after the fact, and because he heard another comic. Like, uh, no, he heard Jay Moore telling the story and, um, he was like, I feel like I'm like the TMZ of, of comedians now. <laughs> um, he, uh, he, like he was actually, he was asking Bert like, yo, why is Trey, why is, um, Jay Moore telling our story? Like, that's our story. It wasn't even there, blah, blah, blah. And it's like this whole like back and forth, and supposedly it, like the story's been told also like in Australia by comics out there and in Europe, and cause it's like a really funny story, but people like tell it firsthand because I guess that's like the effect of it. Um, and it became a uh, a bit that was like quote unquote okay to steal, and I don't know, it's become some sort of controversy. But originally, it's uh, supposed to be a Bert Kreischer story, so. Uh, take that for what it is either way like i said it's funny i'm gonna uh, link to it in the episode notes so you guys can check that out as well all right uh so yeah check that out burt kreischer's the machine special on showtime next michael che matters comedy special um michael che my brother told me about this one and it's on netflix it's currently streaming on netflix so you guys can check it out as of today was today november 30th 2016 and it was really funny um i didn't know of michael che um uh when my brother told me about him and like i saw it i kind of recognize him from a couple clips that i've seen like on youtube online um that are uh, snl clips he was a writer for snl and then became the uh i forget what it's called that um like news daily update i think it is daily daily news daily no it's a newspaper daily i don't know weekly weekend update um like that like news coverage special segment or something like that that snl does he became the the co-anchor for that after being a writer on snl which is pretty cool and he has his comedy special. I like his, I like his, I don't know, like his, um, like his swag, I guess, uh, on, on stage. Swag. Can I be more fucking vague? Um, his demeanor, his, his, he's, he's funny. Did awesome crowd work. What I appreciate the most out of him and like, this style of comedy is the that like there's a, a substance behind it not that there's not like for example like comparing it to like Burke Kreischer the specials that I was just talking about it's like funny as fuck like stories in and of it themselves um shit that just makes you laugh and you you, you have a good time um something like uh like Michael Che's comedy is more like social commentary type of funny um, which, which I like a lot and it's more, I guess like thought provoking in certain ways and makes you think about shit more, uh, which I like. Um, and you know, it's like the, why South Park to me is like, so, so awesome and iconic. Cause it's like hilarious and it's like just straight facts, you know, but like in comedic form, it's like straight, think about this, chew on this. Um, so, you know. It's the best social commentary we have around right now. And I realized like with me, with my own like writing, not just, not the, um, like free writing and stuff like that. It's more like, it's like pseudo philosophy type shit, but, um, with like the short stories, the, like, I feel like I tend to like write within that vein or at least, uh, like want to, you know what I mean? Like that's the, thing that i've been taking because 
like when I've been writing stories, it's kind of like, oh, this seems like a cool story. Let me tell it. Um, the way I'm like thinking of it in my head. And, but I've asked myself like, what the fuck is this? Like, what's the point of the story? And then like, I see, you know, it's like moral type. Think about this stories. You know what I mean? And I appreciate like that type of comedy uh, in its own right. And, and uh, when it's funny, it's, it makes it more digestible. And I definitely recommend it. He's a younger comic um, than like a Burt Kreischer. Um, he is a seven-year comic, if I'm not mistaken. And here's an interesting quote from Jerry Seinfeld from Godfrey. No, from Jerry Seinfeld, according to Godfrey, that I heard in a in a in a podcast recently, the uh, About Last Night podcast with um um adam ray and brad williams godfrey was saying that uh some advice that seinfeld gave him a while back was that your your comedic years is sim uh, you could like draw a parallel to years of age so for example he was telling godfrey um because a lot of comics as a quick aside, like a lot of comics say, or like the consensus seems to be like around the 10 year mark. That's when you're like, you get it. You know what I mean? That's when you, you know, uh, paying your dues, putting in work for 10 years. That's when things start clicking uh, together. And if you're talented, it could happen a, a little sooner. If you're, if you're not, it might never happen, but that's around the time where you are like considered okay you are a comic you actually stuck to this shit for a decade um and seinfeld said told godfrey once that the the years that you've been in comedy think about that as years as like a human being and he and it kind of made sense he was he was like you know you've been doing comedy at that point like godfrey's like a 20-year comic or some shit like that um and he he was like you know if you're uh think of yourself as a 20 year old you know like what do you know like when you're 20 versus when you're when you're 10 you know if you're a 10 year comic you're like 10 years old um or a 15 year old and i don't know it kind of it kind of sort of made sense at least the way like godfrey like described it and from the way that that i've heard like other comics like describe that like 10 year mark So keeping something like that in mind, uh, when considering the fact that that Michael Che is a seven-year comic, um, similar to like Pete Davidson that I mentioned um, in a, a previous episode, like these are like talented dudes that they're this funny this early in their careers, and um, it was pretty dope. I recommend it for you guys to check it out. Um, I saw in him in Michael Che, and you know every comic says this, and it's it's true of. I think probably like artists and all like types of like genres that you try to emulate your people that you look up to. Like let's say me with writing, like my first uh, book, which is available for you guys to check out if you want to make way for you tips for getting out of your own way. Go to sponsor.com forward slash books. Um, it's uh, literally modeled after uh, the, the uh, War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, uh, which is uh, my favorite book and uh you're emulated you you emulate uh people that you admire i think like when you start off before you like find your own voice and like stuff like that not that michael Chase doesn't have his own voice because he clearly does but i saw certain quirks in him that i recognize in other comics um like hannibal burrs uh certain of like his inflections and hannibal is also um a comic he's roughly i think he's around like that seven eight nine year mark um uh, in comedy and, uh, you know, he was also an SNL writer. I'm not sure if he still is, uh, but, you know, I guess they, like, work together. And I don't he's a comic that has gotten, like, a lot of popularity as, as of late. And I saw certain, like, inflections that I noticed from Hannibal in Michael Che. Um, so maybe that's an influence on him. I definitely saw some Bill Burr. Um, and Bill Burr is, like, a comics comic. He's, like, uh, like everybody when having the conversation of the top comics working today, Bill Burr's 
always undoubtedly in that conversation um so that's like a clear like everybody's influenced by that guy but stuff like that is like kind of cool to see because you see like the development of 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 an artist um whether it's a comic or whatever else um and i think that's pretty cool so anyway check it out it's currently streaming on netflix it's called michael chain matters and i think you guys will enjoy it all right let me try to speed this up a little bit so a couple more things atlanta a tv show that my brother again told me about and i checked it out and it was awesome i really really enjoyed it it's a donald glover's um show donald glover's a, a talented fucking dude he's uh, he wrote and created the show. He's also like a rapper who has put out a couple albums, and he's done a, a stand-up com- uh, stand-up comedy as well. He has, as far as I know, one special, which was really funny. I remember watching it back when my wife lived in Massachusetts. I think we saw it over there. We like bumped into it on Comedy Central, left it on, and got like hooked on it. Caught it like in the first few minutes. Uh, in the beginning and just like watched it through and uh had a really good time we were like who the hell is this guy he's fucking funny and it was donald glover <laughs> and um we got to rewatch that special um now that i'm like more i guess like into comedy and stuff like that and see them more regularly i want to see what i think of it now um but yeah the show is is, is dope i saw an interview of one of the the main characters on the breakfast club i forget his name but he described how in creating the show michael glover's attempt was to show this side of like a more realistic side of show business not just the glitz and the glamour and like the entourage style like story you know somebody who's broke that makes it and and you know it's popular and and has millions of dollars and stuff like that but this this story which is untold or or not as like popular i guess with you know you know feel good hollywood movies and tv shows and stuff like that that is you know someone who does make it kind of not make it but who well yeah make it i mean if i had that level of success that fucking one person that i didn't personally know recognize like my writing or something like that that would be awesome for me that would be making it for me <laughs> you know what i mean so it the show depicts the story of uh an atlanta a local atlanta rapper who has like one or two hits on on the radio and but you know he still lives in the hood he's still you know he's not he's not fucking a millionaire by any stretch but he's living off what he wants to do and, you know, uh, still kind of sort of struggling. You know, he doesn't have a mansion, lives in, in, I don't know, like a small house or apartment and um, still like sells drugs on the side. And and some people recognize him. Some people don't. They recognize the song because it's catchy. Uh, the Paperboy song. And um, it's like that. It shows like that that level or that layer of of success that level of success within like that realm and and i'm sure there's like hundreds of stories like that of people that you know get signed to deals and then you know one hit wonders or or you know movie deals or like option scripts and like you know like small success stories like that and it's cool to see to see uh to see things at that level and it feels more again going back to that realism that that we're drawn to it feels more like real more rugged more more like less fluff and less bullshit um and it's just written well uh the acting the the casting was great the acting uh it's funny it's it's uh, engaging and i i really like michael uh don michael uh, Donald Glover's character, his character arc, like we see him in the be in the beginning, go from like this mooching kind of not low life, but 
just a dude that doesn't have his life together somewhere along the line lost his way you're not sure why he's like his his parents kind of like shun him in you know yo you like you get the sense of his parents like cut him off like yo go make a life for yourself you can't fucking mooch off of us anymore like you're a grown-ass man you gotta like make your own way and like his cousin which is the the rapper that that's uh semi-successful makes it um his, his cousin has like the same type of attitude towards him like mm, i don't really trust you you into like these i don't know get rich quick schemes or like like something's off with you and he has a ex-girlfriend slash baby mama that that he like mooches off of also that she's like you know you can't stay here unless you pay rent and some days he pays rent some days he does and he kind of just like seems like he's just like aimlessly like flowing through life and like trying to mooch off of people so he starts off like that and then at the end spoiler alert um fast forward a few seconds if you guys don't want to hear it but to make the point of like his character arc goes from that to at least what I got from it to someone who's like, you know what? I can make it. So he kind of gets like the, like the self confidence of, you know what? I can make it on my own. And now that I, I'm sort of kind of getting my life together and I'm working at something and it's, and it seems to be gelling. It seems to be working in, you know, managing, um, helping to manage his, uh, his cousin's career. I think seem to be falling into place. I'm making a, a little bit of money, but I'm being responsible with it. I'm um, I'm gonna I'm gonna grind and I'm gonna pay my dues and and be where I'm where I know I'm supposed to be. Um, he kind of has that attitude at the end, where he gets a little money. He you know doesn't blow it or something like that. And he does get offers to you know like stay in his wife's house now, and he gives her money for rent and stuff like that. But he but he chooses the hard route he chooses the self-defining route the route that he's been on that that started working he's not gonna like abandon that for oh you know why i made this oh yeah hell yeah let me reap the rewards now and and sleep in in the bed and and all is good now i made it kind of thing like within that world you know like within that you know he was like searching for just somebody to mooch off of and stay with his wife and not pay rent and stuff like that or his ex-girl whatever um and he could have that now but he like came to the realization of nah you know what that's not what i want and let me continue on this path of earning it the way i have been and um see where it leads and it kind of ends like that and that like that in itself made me look forward to aside from the fact that it's a good show i enjoyed watching it was funny um that in itself made me want to watch next next season um to to see where where his character goes from there so kudos to those guys all right this season of tough quickly i pretty sure i mentioned it in the past but this season uh, i haven't watched the ultimate fighter in in a few seasons a lot of seasons um, cause it kind of went stale kind of, um, for those of you that don't know, the ultimate fighter is, uh, UFC's reality TV show. Um, it's pretty much what put UFC on the map. Like, bef- like they were, you know, hemorrhaging millions of dollars when, when the Fertitas initially bought the company and they had this idea of this reality TV show. Um, it was kind of like their, their Hail Mary attempt. And after this, if it didn't go well they were you know it's literally like a losing investment um and they were probably going to sell the company or something like that there was rumors of that um the you know and the, you know there's there are also counter rumors like you know no matter how much money this thing loses uh, we're never going to sell it because this is because we love this shit type of thing that the type of attitude that the fertitas and and dana white had um but it was definitely losing money so after the first season of tough the ultimate fighter um it was like an iconic final match type of thing that 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 completely flipped the business around and it went from that to being sold for you know four and a half billion dollars and becoming the fastest growing sport in in history 
um, the some somewhere within that the show went stale. So it's a, a show of you get a you know like a real world type of scenario, um, real world a TV show, not real world, doesn't the real world, <laughs> but um, you get a bunch of fighters that that want to be in the UFC. You throw them in a house together, you let them mix, and you know you're gonna have like the testosterone and the fighting and the and the bullshit and stuff like that but the guys that are in there like you know 15 16 guys or something like that um they get split up into two teams and they get a coach each the coach is a current ufc fighter and pretty much the two teams fight each other and As you lose, you get kicked off um, of the show, not of the show, but you can stay on the show and help train and stuff like that for the for the your teammates that are still in it. But pretty much, it's like a last man standing type of thing. gets gets a six figure contract with the UFC and wins the Ultimate Fighter. So it's been stale for a long time. This season, it it caught my attention and I've been watching it. I've seen every episode so far. And it's a really good, really good season. Um, I like that in this season, they they got champions from a lot of other MMA organizations. And uh, within uh, this specific weight class uh, of Demetrius Johnson, I think it's a 125-pound division or 135-pound division. Um, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson is arguably one of the best fighters uh, of all time. He's like on a, win, like a sick winning streak. I think... Maybe the like the most wins like in a row or title defenses or he's tied for it and he's gone through like the entire division like two or three times. Like there's nobody like fucking with him at all. So they had this idea of if for this season of tough, you know, we're gonna do a you know, one twenty five pounder because every, everybody, you know, is in with the same like weight division. Um, but instead of just like random, you know, random guys that are gonna come um um, audition for it or whatever because they have like a selection process where they have these guys like work out and stuff like that and they pick the top 16 or whatever um the they targeted champions of other mma divisions because you know ufc is not the only game in town it's it's the only game in town but there's like i don't know hundreds of other sanctioned organizations that you know have their own champions and stuff like that you know how like bellator is probably the only one that anybody else has ever heard of um there's dozens and dozens or hundreds of other ones and probably not hundreds a dozen definitely dozens though and you know there's all leagues have their own champions you know what i mean think like wwf and wcw like you you know even though that's fake bullshit but (laughs) um I used to love that shit when I was a kid, though. Um, so all these champions were were targeted and brought into the house, and it's brought like this this level of of instead of you know you got like these guys that like all not suck because they're all fighters they're all you know the last one gets a UFC contract like your Uriah Hall was one of these guys I don't even think he won. Um, that season, I think Gastelum won that season, but he's in the UFC also currently in the UFC, but you know, they kind of like entered the UFC as freshmen from that point. You know what I mean? But these guys are all like elite, you know, champions within their own right. Albeit, you know, in organizations that can't fuck with the UFC, like with the level of the UFC, but they're kind of like a notch up from what the talent that you're used to seeing, you know what I mean? And it's been, um... It's been a really, really good season. Episode 11, particularly, uh, there was a fight between Shelton and Tim Elliott. This is the the fight of the season, like, by, like, easily, by far. Such a dope fight, so check that out. Um, and I think the finale is actually today, because this Saturday, December 3rd, Demetrius Johnson is supposed to fight the, like, whoever won. And it's probably out there. I don't want to know. Nobody tell me um, who won. Um, 
because I'm definitely looking forward to that. You know how sick it would be, like, of, of an upset if Demetrius Johnson loses? That would be nuts. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And uh, you guys should check it out if you haven't, if you're into it. I'm not, to be honest, I'm not even sure, like, what time or when it airs and stuff like that. I just find, like, all the episodes on YouTube and, like, watch them on, like, my lunch break and shit like that at work. Um, Or, like, on a slow day or something like that. But, um, yeah, check it out. All right, last two things. The Alchemist. It's, uh, I'm sure you guys have heard of it. It's, like, a best-selling book by Paulo Coelho. Um, I had heard about it in the past. Sorry about that. Let's pause real quick. Um, so, yeah, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. It's, uh, it's a best-selling novel, and... It's one that, that I've always heard of and uh, had on my to-read list. I finally did. And um, it's... it's uh, I, I listened to the audiobook, right? And it's one of, I think, the first audiobook that I've ever wanted to, like, re-listen to again. Um, I actually started re-listening to like like something I like about Audible is that it allows you to save clips and take notes. Like for example, I could be listening to it and be like, "Damn, that was a dope line." Let me rewind it, you know, ten seconds, and I click on clip, and then it saves like the clip up until like wherever I want, right? And then I save that, and then it allows you to like write a note. So I might write, you know, this was a dope, you know comment on life or like whatever or something that i like that resonated with me about the quote so then at the end or in the middle like whenever you could look at like the clips section uh within audible and it'll have like the clip there with your note and you click play and you listen to like that exact same segment uh, which is pretty dope so i started re-listening to like all those like little clips and stuff like that and to me and i'm sure this is this is you know, uh, might not be like an original interpretation of it. And, and, you know, people listening might be like, what? I didn't get that. But, you know, that's the beauty of, of subjective, uh, reading and stuff like that. You get what you get out of it. I get what I get out of it. Now, what I've got out of it so far is a twofold thing. One, I know that there's so much more that I have to like gain from it, which is why, like, I feel inclined to like listen again. Um, and I'm going to, and not just from like the main character, which is like the boy, um, going through, through the little shepherd boy going through like his life, but his, like all the other characters within the story, um, from the alchemist to the king to et cetera, et cetera. And to me, it's at first listen about, you know, going through life, pursuing your dreams and the boy meeting people along his journey of pursuing his dream, literally, uh, like a dream he had of, oh, spoiler alert, by the way, if you haven't read it, um, the dream he had of a treasure that was uh, around the pyramids, uh, buried uh, around the pyramids. And he was literally through his life following that dream and uh, the advice of a gypsy fortune teller lady that told him to go to where the pyramids are and find the treasure, etc., and taking advice from different people along the way. Um, it's kind of the, you know, following your dreams at all costs type of thing. And then along the way, he met people that had certain dreams and decided to not pursue them. Um, and then you get like their perspectives, which are like wise in their own right. And then his uh, uh, wise yet naive perspective of, you know, wrestling with continuing to pursue his dream no matter what uh even when he feels like his dream changed and he like falls in love and like stuff like that or um taking the the wise advice of these other people that he's met along the way and and making a life for himself wherever he's at etc uh it's definitely a dope read and i recommend it and that's so far that's all i really have to say about that i'm definitely definitely gonna re-listen and they there will be more there will be more but yeah, on first listen, definitely a, a five star, five star rating level book, in my opinion. So check it out.
And finally, the last thing I want to mention is the Story Grid podcast. Now, the Story Grid pro- the the Story Grid podcast is, and I'm going to read here from the Story Grid website. Uh, join Sean Coyne, author of the Story Grid, and top editor for 25 plus years. Quick aside, uh, Sean Coyne was the editor, uh, is the editor for um, uh, Stephen Pressfield uh, that I mentioned earlier with the War of Art, etc. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's the quick aside. <laughs> so yeah, join Sean Coyne, author of the Story Grid, and a top editor for 25 plus years. And Tim Grawl, struggling writer, as they discuss the ins and outs of what makes a story great. Now, this is so awesome that, um, and this is why I love the Joanna Penn, um, uh, the Creative Pen podcast uh, by Joanna Penn, because she put me onto this podcast, and it's been like invaluable so far. It's transformed the, or like, it gave me more tools to like work with, because. For example, like all, all writers, all, you know, not all, but most, if not all successful writers that like, you know, of like the JK Rawlings and Stephen King's and, and, and the names that, you know, they work with editors, you know, indie writers work with editors as well at all levels. And to me, it was always kind of like a, like, I did I felt like I wouldn't feel like the story was mine if I was working with an editor because I kind of, and an editor is not just somebody that goes like line by line and says, you misspelled this word. They, they get into like structure and, and conventions of stories that need to be within a story in order for it to be considered like even in that genre. Like it's not just like spewed out words. Like there's a, like a, a scientific structure to this shit. And they, you know, help keep certain things in line. Like, you know, you mentioned that character A had a red shirt in chapter one, but in chapter three, when uh, the other character flashes back to the scene, she's wearing a blue shirt. So, you know, you, you that's inconsistent there. Like they keep that cons- type of consistency throughout it. And, it. and there's like different levels to editing, right? If you are a wannabe writer such as myself, you can't afford a real editor. It could cause for like a manuscript, like two or three grand or something like that for, for like a budget editor. Um, and the, something like this, like a podcast like this, where you have a guy, Tim Grawl, who is a self-proclaimed struggling writer who is literally writing a story and having Sean Coyne edit it for him. Um, Sean Coyne, which has almost three decades worth of editing experience edited what uh is the editor for one of my favorite authors uh steven pressfield just like getting his insight into what editing is and how he looks at the, the story that tim grawl is putting together is invaluable like i've got so many gems from listening to this podcast that i like highly recommend it to any any writer out there or anybody who's just like interested like in the craft of writing just to see just to, like get into his head and see how he thinks and then you could borrow like those tools and they have like literal tools like like mapping like story mapping guides and um certain conventions that stories need and it's like so much deeper than which just fascinates the, the shit out of me it's so much deeper than what i didn't even initially know like things like the three act structure like act one act two act three like that stories should uh, being or most stories are told in, um, whether you realize it or not. And he explains how if it's a thrill, uh, I don't know, like a romance story, like the certain conventions that the story must have that, that the readers of romance stories are looking for. Or like with the thriller, you know, you have to have like the, the hero's journey, um, plot followed by like the all is uh, all is lost moment where the the hero is like furthest from his goal followed by the the escalating incidents that lead to the the climax of you know he's confronted with the the you know villain of the story for example and like certain like conventions that have to be there to fit within a genre 
and then within those conventions that's where you like get to play around with like different styles and ideas and like stuff like that but the stories work because they are rooted in those in those like pillars of writing and then he gets into stuff like which has been really helpful with the story that started off as a short story that i promised you guys like fucking months ago that i can now say is definitely going to be a novella um with where i'm at with it and with um like these uh, editing tools i've been working with that i've uh, picked up from the podcast and stuff like that hopefully i just don't fuck up the whole story but it completely morphed into something else and i'm not even gonna like promise it to you guys anytime soon um but yeah i'm definitely still working on it um the he gets into like the flow of one scene to the other like scenes should and for it to flow properly to keep the key the the reader engaged and not bored you don't want it to be like too like each scene he says should be like going from a plus to a minus like a positive thing to a negative thing and then if not each scene like back to back but then if it's a positive if let's say scene one is a positive to a negative scene two has to be a negative to a positive scene for it to flow properly scene three would then have to be a positive to a negative scene four would have to be a negative to a positive so it goes plus minus plus minus plus plus minus minus plus plus minus minus plus like that and um there's certain tweaks you could do to the beginning and the end of let's say if you have a scene that you've already written like i had um there are like little different angles you can take to get across the same point of the scene and the scene have the same function to be able to meet that requirement of like the plus minus flow and um tell the story the way you want to tell it but in a way that flows and keeps the, the reader engaged and it's been awesome i'm definitely i'm going to link to the site where you'll find like a bunch of these these like pdf tools um that that i mentioned and definitely listen to the podcast um because you know just my little blurb about it is definitely not gonna uh, do it justice from what you can get from it um and just like think about listening to anyone that's been doing anything for three decades like they're gonna have something to say about it some some insight that you at least you know even if you have the same amount of time like doing what you do you get somebody else's um perspective on it that's been doing it just as long and uh, definitely in my in my situation where i'm not i can't afford you know the like a um an editor i am going to be like self-editing in this way and probably even after the fact when i uh can't afford an editor in the future um would still be approaching stories in this way just to have that much higher of a quality of output before going to an editor and then which will just add to that anyway uh the story grid story grid podcast highly recommend and that is the episode folks stick around if you want to um to listen for a couple more minutes on how you can help support the podcast um, and if not, then I'll check you guys out next time. And I will record the outro to this when I get back from my nine to five. Peace. All right, folks, I'm back. So ways that you can support the podcast. Let's check it out. Uh, first and foremost, you can rate and review the podcast on wherever it is that you listen to to podcasts and that would be greatly appreciated <clears throat> if you check out actually sponsor.com forward slash podcast and you're not sure um which would be weird right if you're not sure where you listen to this podcast or not to find it well maybe you stumbled upon it like on youtube or something like that and you're not familiar with the whole podcast world but you, you can't get enough of me then <laughs> go to sponsor.com forward slash podcast and there, on that website, you could actually listen to every every episode of the Sponsor Day podcast. But there's, I updated it with these little uh, links to uh, different podcast apps that you can download on your on your phone, and you can access each and every one of these episodes the same exact way, um, either on iTunes, on Stitcher, on TuneIn, 
iHeartRadio, Pocket Casts, Overcast, Player FM, Google Play, YouTube, Tumblr, and Podbay. Um, or wherever else you enjoy listening to podcasts. And rate and review the podcast wherever it is that you do listen to. I would greatly appreciate that. Next, you can support the podcast by getting something that's pretty cool. At least to me, it's it's pretty cool. I would definitely sign up for it if I were you. And I enjoy putting them together and sending them out. It's my newsletter. It's a weekly newsletter called the Midday Monday Boost Letter. And <clears throat> what it is is five things that I send out every Monday at noon uh, kind of to kind of jumpstart your week. And it, you will get a recommend five different recommendations from me. One is a podcast of the week, and, which is not necessarily a new podcast that came out that particular week. Just to clarify, it's a podcast. I listen to, you know, three to ten podcasts a day, you know, depending on the length um, every day. And I have like an ongoing list on, uh, you know, this was a dope episode that I got X from and I want to share this. So it could be. Um, you know, a podcast that aired a few weeks ago or a month ago, or that I just uh, heard that particular week and decided to share with you guys. So, um, you'll get a podcast of the week uh, recommendation, a word of the week, a quote of the week, a video of the week, which works the same way. You know, it's not necessarily you know the newest you know hit video on YouTube or some shit like that. Uh, but it could be like a TED talk that that I found insightful, a uh, battle rap that I thought was dope. Um, or, you know, interviews and stuff like that. And also a photo of the week, a dope uh, photo that I stumbled upon on the net or usually on Instagram from some photographers that I follow uh, whose work I I enjoy and I want to share with you guys as well. So it's those five things. If you want to check it out, it's 100% free and you can subscribe just by dropping your email address in at spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe. Another way to support the podcast is and to share some insight of what it is that you do, well, whether you're into writing yourself or uh, if you're into painting or anything creative, uh, check out my five question questionnaire, which is located at spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire. The point of this is if your responses to these five, que- five questions uh, could potentially spark inspiration in someone else, why not share that? So it's things like relating to your craft. Uh, do you remember the first thing that you ever created? Um, what inspired you? What inspires you to write when you don't, you know, feel like actually writing or creating? Stuff like that. So tips and tr- and uh, tricks that we can uh, share, tools that we can share with each other, um, would uh, make uh, this whole collective experience that much better, in my opinion. So check that out. Sponsory.com forward slash questionnaire. Check out photos on my website. I like taking pictures of stuff. And you can check them out. Maybe you'll enjoy them yourself. Uh, at sponsory.com forward slash photography. You can download any of them for free. And um, uh, check out my Instagram at spuntoday. My Twitter at spuntoday. And uh, facebook.com forward slash spuntoday. You can find uh, photography you know, all throughout all those things. The Instagram and the, and the Facebook page are less geared towards, you know, like, quote-unquote photography. Um, although I do post all the photos from uh, my the photography section of my website on, you know, Instagram and, and Facebook as well. But, uh, you know, Instagram is, is also other shit, and, um, as well as Facebook. Uh, but if you want just photography, which is usually, like, landscape-type stuff and um, things that I like to take pictures of, then check out sponsor.com forward slash photography. Uh, what else? You can help support the podcast financially by shopping through my affiliate links. So if you go to sponsor.com forward slash affiliate links, you're going to find a bunch, of, a bunch of stuff there, a bunch of affiliate links. Now, what these are are portals to other websites like iTunes, Amazon, etc., where by going to spuntoday.com forward slash affiliate links and just clicking on the Amazon banner, for example, you'll, it'll take you to Amazon. You'll do your shopping like normal. It will not cost you anything extra. But just for driving traffic towards Amazon's website or to Amazon's website, rather, they'll give me a kickback on whatever it is that you purchase. 
Now it doesn't work if you already have stuff like in your in your cart. You would have to go to you know go through my link, my banner there for Amazon, and then you know search for whatever it is that you're gonna buy, add it to your cart, and then purchase it. And then I, I would get credit for that. And like I said, it doesn't cost you anything extra. It's just an extra time-wise, I guess, fucking two or three extra clicks. And um, you only have to do it once, actually. A good tactic and a tip that I hear on other other podcasts that that I listen to is, you know, go through the link one time. Like, go to sponsor.com for slash affiliate links right now and click on the Amazon banner. And then just bookmark that uh, page as Amazon or whatever. And then whenever you go to Amazon.com, instead of typing it out, just click on the bookmark if you want. And, you know, it'll take you straight there and it'll still work uh, the same way. Anyway, check it out. I would appreciate it. And what else? What else? You can also support on Patreon. I actually recently revamped the Patreon page and set it up with four levels of support. You can be a level one white belt, a level two blue belt supporter, a level three black belt supporter, or a level four Kuiper belt supporter. See what I did there? <laughs> Check it out at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash spun today. And based on the level of support that you pledge, which could be like a dollar per episode, uh, which I put out two episodes a month. So it's it'll be like $2 a month. You'll be uh, a level one white belt and you'll get something for that. A shout out on the podcast and each other level you get something else so if you want to know what those things are feel free to check it out if you're interested at patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash spun today your support would be greatly appreciated what else i mentioned all the places where you can listen to the podcast uh, oh my book right this whole thing is about writing right go to spun today.com forward slash books and currently it still says books because it's uh kind of like a psychological little mind fuck that i have going with myself that i'm currently losing where i only have one book within the books link and it annoys me and i want to get my next book on there so <clears throat> yeah <laughs> go to sponte.com forward slash books and you will see a the cover of the book make way for you tips for getting out of your own way along with a few descriptions of what the book is about uh, you have uh, four audio excerpts uh, like audiobook style excerpts uh, from the book and a video of me with one of my favorite t-shirts on back to the future and um just explaining like how the book you know what the book is about how it came to fruition and stuff like that so check it out you can purchase it wherever ebooks are sold on your kindle kobo ibooks wherever it is that you listen to ebooks or if you want a paperback copy if you're old school like that uh just click on the cover of it uh right there on that page sponsor.com forward slash books and it'll shoot you over to the amazon uh, website uh where you can purchase a paperback as well if you cannot afford the 2.99 that the book cost uh, 3.99 rather that the book costs then uh, just drop me your email address. I will charge you one email address for one full copy of the book. And it will not cost you any dollars. And I will send you over a PDF copy of it if you're interested. Check it out. And that's pretty much it. Like I said, the other, the short story. I don't know if you guys even remember for anybody, uh, if everybody that's listening now heard that episode. There was a free writing episode um fucking eons ago it feels like where i shared with you guys the first draft to a story that i was working on and i told you guys how i got the idea for the story and stuff like that um that's the story that i mentioned earlier in this episode that morphed into um like a novella status like level and that i'm currently still working on so once that's done you know i'll do further you know I'll connect the dots between those two episodes so you guys can see I guess the the uh, evolution of that story and how it fucking changed and morphed and I'll get uh, much deeper into it. Uh, but I'm a lot further along thanks to like uh, the podcast that I mentioned before and the editing tips of Sean Coin. <clears throat> and um, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, pretty much it, guys. 
As always, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening.